welcome back to part two of navigating quarter life crisis right here on the pocket of wisdom podcast i'm your host deborah and if you have missed part one where we unpacked passion versus purpose and practical tips to uh, various life scenarios that we might find ourselves in the link is in the description box below so you can head on over there to listen to that first and right now we have deborah chan back here with us to discuss transitions and knowing God's will. So without further ado, Deborah, could you share with us a story of your biggest transition? Well, this is actually quite an easy one to answer. Biggest, right? Um, of course, I've gone through like many transitions in life, but I think the biggest one would be in 2014 when my family and I, uh, my husband, myself, as well as my one-year-old son at that time, um, basically packed up uh, our home and literally moved our small little family as well as a few bags from KL all the way to Cambodia um, because of a call that God had uh, put upon our hearts to uh, serve there for a little while. Uh, Whilst the move itself was uh, is already dramatic, I think uh, it's more of the uh, letting go um, of Mm. a lot of comforts in back home in in um, KL that we had to work through in order for us to kind of take that leap of faith. Uh, both Terence, uh, my husband, and I had to quit our full time jobs, and we were really in a place where uh, we were growing and just thriving in our careers. I, we loved our jobs. I was working with a uh, consultancy and we were doing sustainable tourism and uh, quite literally I landed a dream job because I got to go to like exotic islands and like luxurious hotels uh, all in the name of work uh, for assessments and you know reports and all all that kind of stuff so it was really a dream job and to be able to let go of a dream job uh, to follow God's call or God's voice for our uh, for our lives at that point in time was very difficult. Um, additionally, you know, we had just kind of started our family. We were married for a few years already and um, decided to spend the first few years just enjoying each other and traveling around the world and stuff like that. And then finally, you know, we had our first son and um, many people would call it settling down in life. And it was, uh, Seth was also the first grandson for both families. So, ah. you know, you can, you can kind of um, imagine the excitement from, from both sides, right? It's like mm. first baby and then everybody's just keen to play with him and stuff like that. And then, you know, one year after that, when we celebrated his uh, first birthday, I think it was a week after that, you know, we um, our, our tickets were bought and we just left uh the comforts of home and that was the biggest transition um, in my life at least um, and now looking back I think the biggest transition was also the biggest at least for now the biggest kind of growth leap that uh, I have taken as a result of the transition uh, on hindsight now I think the kind of growth trajectory um, was just exponential because I had to 
unlearn and relearn a lot of things as a result of the transition from living in a suburban area uh, in, in PJ all the way to uh, kind of like, you know, uprooting and living in a kampong area uh, where we were sharing uh, a house. Sorry, we weren't sharing a house, but we were uh, on a plot of land with a house and then a, a gate. But then because our gate, you know, was open almost 24-7, we were sharing the space, our outdoor space with all kinds of animals from chickens to uh, huge geckos, uh, massive uh, spiders mm. and and um, yeah, and cows even. So the cows were our grass cutters. Uh, they would come in and nicely kind of like mow the lawn for us by eating all the grass up and we didn't need to pay him a, uh, her a single <laughs> cent kind of thing. So it was a huge transition as a, um, as a married couple, as a new mother, um, and also kind of like, you know, just uh, catapulted into the world of uh, ministry as well, where we had to literally live by faith um, and support ourselves financially. So it was the biggest transition as well as the biggest growth uh, spurt, uh, I can say right now. Yeah, I, I remember reading that in your book and I was like, oh my goodness. I mean, I was just envisioning you uh, being a new mother with a new child I mean you're, it's your first time being a mom as well uh, and it's just amazing to hear how you um, still chose to go there all with a new baby and as well as figuring out how you're going to uh, start your ministry over there as well in such an uh, quote-unquote uncomfortable area which I mean if we were to compare with your PJ home uh, it would have been so different and it's amazing to see how God opened the doors for you, the provision that he has brought to you uh, when you had to uh, move there, uh, how you found the place and everything. It's just, uh, when I see that, I'm just reminded by how good our God is and how when he calls you, he provides for you as well. So wow, wow, that is really a story, <laughs> Deborah. And, you know, um, as I read in your book as well, I remember that um, as you were talking about transition, um, you also talk about how um, part of experiencing a transition is when someone feels a sense of restlessness, um, a lack of passion, and um, questions as well. And that these are not all bad. Sometimes it's just, um, uh, they may just be indicators as well that it's time for you to cross over. And I think, right, that many people in their, uh, their late 20s, at least, uh, they do go through many types of different transitions, big and small. Uh, some may be changes in relationship. Uh, some may be, maybe you're moving out or you're changing jobs or you're watching your circle of friends just become smaller and smaller. Um, and According to the survey that I did, right? Uh, so for everyone's information, this survey was uh, a sample size of 100 people. Um, there are 87% of us that feel out of place. And there are 69% uh, that feel left behind. And many of us feel a sense of um, loneliness as well. And um, a few weeks ago, um, uh, this just came to mind. I was reading a book uh, by Brene Brown uh, called Dare mm -hmm. to Lead. And she said uh, in the book that loneliness manifests itself um, as a feeling of exhaustion. Um, and she recorded her learning uh, by Colonel D.D. Halfhill, uh, where she said that um, 
when we're lonely, we just feel lethargic. We just feel a lack of motivation. And we just feel like, oh, I'm just very tired and just want to sleep all the time. And I think I can say quite confidently that there is at least one listener right now that may be feeling this way. So I think with all this being said, right, there is no doubt that transitions um, during uh during this type of different scenarios, it's tough. It's really tough. And I would just like to know, like, what helped you as a person to go through your transition? Right, yeah, you're right to say transitions take on different forms and different expressions. Um, And what I caught from what you said just now is, you know, maybe the feeling of uh, being left behind or lack of motivation uh, and loneliness or feeling out of place, right? when I think one of the strongest uh, tools that anybody can uh, learn and it will be beneficial for actually all of us to be uh, to have a little bit more of it is the uh, is the tool of self-awareness right mm-hmm. when you're feeling that way um, whether it's being left behind or lack of motivation I think the question to ask yourself is why are you feeling that way um, and, you know, the why is a loaded question. Um, yeah. And most times, I think a lot of us shy away from it because, mm. um, because we don't have like one answer to it. Maybe it's, it's a whole lot of answers all jumbled up and it's just like, it's just too much to kind of wade through, right? That, that mess of thought. Um, and, but we at the end of the day, we owe it to ourselves to ask the why, because until we gain clarity of why are we feeling that certain way, right? Mm -hmm. We cannot move on. Um, So for me, um, at least what you just shared uh, was, uh, you know, a portion of my book where I felt restless um, uh, during my time in Cambodia, where it was coming to an end. Uh, Am I correct? Yes. Was it it that? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it was also a time where I was, you know, uh, at the end of every year, uh, some, it's something that I do personally, as well as I do with my husband, uh, Terence, is to seek the Lord um, sometime towards the end of the year in preparation for next year. What, what's next year going to be like, you know, um, and what does the Lord want us to, to uh, be involved in or how we position ourselves and so on and so forth. And, and to also, it's, it's also a uh, a space for really like deep reflection where we go through like um, many, many questions and just kind of like, you know, set aside that time to uh, wade through some of the deep questions and to find answers to it, right? So as I was doing that, um, that transition that was mentioned in the book was uh, towards the end of our stint in Cambodia. And we had told the Lord, you know, uh, God will we'll give you one year in Cambodia. Uh, because that at least that was what was in our mind that short-term missions was more than two weeks uh, yeah. maybe more than three weeks so one year should be sufficient right and even with our funding uh, we had set out to uh, raise funds for a year but mm-hmm. lo and behold because of the work that was there and how kind of you know the, the things came together we realized that one year was not enough to fulfill or to uh, you know, get whatever that we had set out to do done in that year. So we extended it a following year. And so did our, our financial um, kind of budgeting and stuff like that, right? Mm. So by the, uh, almost by the end of the second year, 
uh, again, we came to that point of like, you know, just seeking the Lord and, and what should we do next, right? Uh, should we go back to, to PJKL, resume our full-time jobs, which our bosses were like more than ready to take us on, right? Because they, we basically had left with their blessings. Uh, mm. they, were, um, they were non-believers, but they knew that uh, there was just something bigger that we wanted to do. And so they kind of released us from our role. And, but they gave us their kind of not, right? Uh, and these are two different companies. They gave us mm. our nod to say, whenever you come back, just write to us, uh, have a coffee with us. You know, if your job is filled, your position is filled, we'll find you something within the company. So we had wow. that kind of like assurance, mm. right? So that was always that option to go back to KL. And in our minds, it was like, okay, yeah, we've done already like, you know, one year, even extended it to two years now. I think it's time to go back to KL. But that restlessness came in the form of... Um, there was an example where we had gone back to KL for a very short trip. And when we came back to the house or our home in Cambodia, it just felt very peculiar. Like this was not home for me, right? Mm -hmm. uh, just that feeling set in. Like I just felt like, okay, this doesn't feel like home anymore. But all this while, Cambodia really felt like home. Like this was where mm -hmm. we built our little family. This was where, you know, Seth had so many memories and we made uh, really good friends with the community and stuff like that. It always felt like home. Our gates were always open and we always had people in our homes but just that trip itself when we came back from KL and when we kind of landed in our home and we opened the door and you know plung our luggage on the floor just that unrest you know um, it's it's like oh it's not right we're not we're, I, I feel like we're not meant to be here anymore mm. and that was what snowballed our pursuit to find out like okay lord is our chapter in cambodia done uh if it is then tell us right um mm. and and speak to us right so that kind of snowballed it and and that uh started the questioning as well like you know have we done enough here um have we you know um have we done enough to kind of like you know uh uh fulfill God's call for this season in our life here? Have we sown enough? Have we given our 101% into our season here? And if we have, Lord, give us that peace to move on to where, I don't know, but you need to lead us, right? Mm -hmm. so, um, so if you're feeling questions like this, like you feel like there's a transition, maybe it's an ending of a relationship or perhaps maybe it's a career change or you feel like, you know, maybe you're in a career that you don't really feel like you fit anymore and you want to try something new right I think it's really to ask yourself like have you done enough in in that particular season and if mm. you have um, then really go to the Lord and just ask him what's next you know if it's time for me to move on uh, then what's next and speak to me um, I think that would be my best advice to anyone who is uh, a Christ follower because he will lead you he will not show you uh, the entire picture of where he will lead you but he will definitely give you the next step. Uh, and it is the in, it's in the next step that you grow in faith, right? And you take yeah. one step at a time, yeah. Mm. That is uh, really so good. And I think um, what I'm hearing you say is also, you may experience uncertainty uh, because you will never know what the next thing is, but you won't have a sense of confusion in that sense, God will not try to like confuse you. And if it's confusion, it's probably not from the Lord. But if you have that, that just that assurance to take a step, uh, that then is probably from the Lord. And as you said, 
most likely he will not show you the whole picture, but he will definitely show you just the next step to take. And would it be right to say that that's all you did? You just tried to take one next step? Absolutely, absolutely. So a follow-up to that story is that um, we, we knew for certain that it was mm. the end of our chapter in Cambodia. Uh, so that was like 101% that we knew that it was the end of the chapter. But what we didn't know was... Um, what next, Lord? Should we just go back and resume our jobs or mm. what? And then the pieces started falling in, uh, in place, right? Um, a organization, uh, an NGO who had just set up in Sabah, was, uh, East Malaysia, was looking for uh, people to kind of spearhead their education um, side of things uh, where, you know, they had hostels in rural areas and they really wanted somebody to spearhead and expand that portion of education and empowering rural students. Um, so um, out of the blue, again, you know, um, as we just said, Lord, okay, fine, our chapter in Cambodia is done, but lead the way and, and tell us uh, what the next step is. And this was not kind of like in a haze where, Lord, you have to tell us by this certain time. Yep. I think you know, when it's, when it's a, when it comes to like seeking the Lord for his will and what's next for your life, right? Um, really take on that posture to say, Lord, speak when you want to speak and also speak what you want to speak, not what we want to hear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> most times I think, you know, we, we kind of give God a deadline, like, you know, God, you, you just have to speak by this certain time. Otherwise I'll just move on with my plans. Right. Mm. Or we're still like, you, you, you won't even uh, go to the Lord and ask him like, is this decision, um, you know, is this decision in line with your purpose and your will or not, right? Mm. Um, so I think it's it's about being patient with the Lord because he speaks when he wants to speak and he speaks in the perfect time. Mm. And the second thing is like, just be open to whatever he says, right? Um, and not have a particular message that you need to hear from the Lord. Like, yeah. oh, I just need this confirmation kind of thing. And just be open to it because I think, that's when, when we do that, we have a posture of really just leaning on him and just listening to him, right? Mm. Um, and, and submitting yourself to him. Um, so so as, as we did that, um, somebody who we had lost contact for a while, but was still in touch with us on Facebook, contacted us and told us about this organization and then uh, flew us over to, to Sabah to have a look at the projects there. Um, and yeah, that opened up another opportunity for us to be in back in our home country, but uh, in a in a different uh, part of Malaysia. And the word the Lord had given to us, right? So when I say God won't give you like the entire picture, right? I really, really mean it because all the Lord had given to us was a verse and uh, a verse in the Bible, as well as two words. It was the word nation building. That was all he gave to us. And then everything else kind of, you know, you just have to um, trust and, and um, trust in trust in God to know mm. that every open door and opportunity is from him, right? So as the word nation building came uh, up, we knew for sure that we were going to go back to, to Malaysia. Uh, but in what shape, way or form, we really don't know. And as this organization contacted us, um, that kind of started our season here in, in Sabah. And we spent four years uh, in rural Sabah building hostels for uh, native uh, students. And um, yeah, and so that was the start of, start of our time here in Sabah. And we're still here because of some work that we're still doing with the uh, 
native youth uh, here in KK itself. Um, so yeah, it's, it's about listening and um, really taking one step at a time with the Lord and trusting that He will guide you and He will lead you. Amen. Amen. That is wonderful. I think you brought up a very important point that we need to be open to what he has to say and not give him our A and B. <laughs> uh, and just to say, Lord, is it this one or this one? And I need the answer by this time. If not, if not, that's it, you know. Uh, yeah. I love that you mentioned the posture that we should have before him to be really open to whatever that he has to say. And who knows, we may be surprised uh, at what he has to share with us and not to be scared of it as well. I think many people are quite scared sometimes to even hear from the Lord because it may not be something they want <laughs> at that point of time. Absolutely. You're not the first person to say this. I mean, like I, uh, we, you know, I have uh, so many people come up and say, I, I want to hear from the Lord, but actually I don't want to as well because I, I'm scared of what he's going to say, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But um, I mean, if you know the father's heart and, mm. you know, when you do have a relationship with him, um, everything that he's going to tell you is really for your own good. Amen. Um, and it, yeah, and it is for his uh, good pleasure. And, and at the end of the day, it's for his purpose. So, um, so listening uh, to the voice of God is, is really uh, about trusting and knowing who the father is, right? Mm. When you can trust uh, not just the words that he say, but you trust and lean on the unchanging character of God. That's mm. what you can put your hope on. Yeah. Amen. Amen. It's about remembering the character of God, that he will not fail you, that he's loyal to you, and all the plans that he has for his children are good. Right? Amen. Definitely. Amen. And, you know, uh, this uh, leads very seamlessly into our next question. Um, you know, I asked in the survey, if you were to ask God one question, what would it be? And the pattern of answers that came back were all so similar, where it's either, um, am I doing what I'm supposed to do? Am I going in the right direction? Um, did I make the right choice? So uh, how can we find out God's will or direction for our lives. Yep, I think this is quite similar to part one of uh, the question about purpose, right? Mm. Where it's not a destination. God's will and direction for our lives um, it is not a uh, one, it's not a uh, be all and, and all. It's mm. not where, you know, you kind of arrive at it and then that's it, right? Um, I'm here already. I am walking in God's will and God's direction every single day of your life is a commitment to follow the voice of God uh, yeah, and amen. to be obedient to him. Um, mm. And when we do that, right, uh, and when we make it a daily commitment to, to be obedient to him and to live a life that is submitted to him, that answer answers itself. How do we know that we're in the will of God and whether we're in the right direction that God is, uh, has planned for us, right? Mm. The answer is there already. If you have a growing uh, relationship with God the Father, right? Mm. And, uh, and you're listening to Him, you're not just you know, pouring your heart out uh, and just you talking, but you're listening to Him, you're taking time to, to read His word, mm. you will know for sure. Um, 
I often, I, I often, sometimes, you know, as I was growing up, um, you know, some, some pastors have also given me that answer. Like you will know when you yeah. know kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Then I'm like, oh, but it, it's not helping. You know, it's not yeah. really helping. <laughs> You're not true. giving me like handles kind of thing, right? Yeah. Um, and as much as I, I uh, hate to say that it is a cliche answer, um, I think the, a relationship with God is a non-negotiable. If you mm. want to know the will of God and direction in your life, a relationship with God is really uh, a commitment that you have to make because you cannot just want to walk in the will and direction of God and mm. not have a relationship with Him. Yeah. Yeah. So it's almost like, yeah. you know, uh, you want to pat yourself on the back and say, oh, I'm walking in God's will and God's direction is good enough. But then, do you know, do you know God Himself? Like, do you mm. have a intimate personal relationship or not right and so um i'm going back to these uh you know this pattern of uh questions that your listener have has asked right i think these questions are a lot to do with work questions like what the, the works that i'm doing right yeah the things that i'm getting involved in is mm. it the right thing or not um, mm. but what i would say to you is focus on the being right? Being a child of God, growing your relationship with Him, and then the works will be an outflow of it, uh, mm. will be a result of your relationship with Him. Um, and so um, if you want a handle to it, I would say put in time, make it a commitment to know who God is. Um, mm. and, and once you do, I think all things will really, really fall into place. Yeah. Yeah, amen. I think you brought up a very, very important point where it's not about treating God as the magic eight ball where, you know, every, when it reaches, a, where we reach a certain juncture in our life, we, ask, we stop to ask, okay, okay, am, am I doing this right? We're good, right? We're good. Okay, let's continue. It's not about doing that. It's about making the commitment to have a real relationship with Him where we spend time with Him daily, where we get to know, as what you said, the Father's heart. And I think it would be safe to say that if we commit to do that, we don't have to worry so much about whether we are walking in God's will or not because when we have that daily relationship with God, He's not going to just not talk to us. If, if we have that relationship, we will know his heart and we will know when he's giving us that assurance, right? And I think maybe sometimes we may find it a bit tougher, so to say, to know uh, what he's trying to say. When that happens, usually it's because we sort of, for a period of time, have not spent that time to know how he speaks to us. And if we don't do that, then it's only natural that we may find it a bit tougher to gauge um, how God is talking to us when we have so many other distractions going on in our mind. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. I think it's a communication thing, right? Mm. You, um, if, if you're in any relationship at all, and I don't just mean like, you know, a boyfriend, girlfriend or, mm. or a, a married couple relationship, even with a friendship as well, right? Um, the biggest element in a relationship is communication, right? Yeah. And likewise, communication with, with God as well, because you're in a relationship with Him, a spiritual relationship with Him, right? So it's, a, it's about listening to him on a day-to-day -day basis and not just waiting for a magical moment or when we hit a transition, then it's like, oh, am I in the right place or not, right? Mm. Um, and, and I think all of us go through that, right? Um, yeah. All of us have gone through that. Um, maybe 
a bit of a dry season and then when we yeah. kind of hit a storm then it's like oh god what, where should I go and and you're uh, really just hurrying God to like speak to me kind of thing right mm. um, but yeah make it a daily habit to, to listen to him I think one of the things that I have done uh, over the years is to when I when I'm doing devotion is to um, when I'm reading a portion of scripture or whatever I uh, and this is seasonal right because we go through like seasons of Bible reading and stuff like that right yeah um, so during a specific season of, of my life, I remember like I wouldn't actually set goals to like, oh, read one chapter a day kind of thing. And then like after I finished that one chapter, close my Bible and that's it. Mm. Um, I was in a season where the law was um, nudging me to learn to listen to him more. And, yeah. uh, and the idea that he gave me was this, that when I open up a Bible, so I decide on a book that I want to read. And let's say if I read, two lines or maybe three and mm. like this two three lines really stuck at me and I'm like just kind of meditating on it and asking God different questions and like journaling about it and stuff like that right that two or three lines is enough for my devotion for that day because yeah. I've answered that question what has God spoken to me mm. during my devotion right yeah. I'll close my Bible and then the next day I can come back and then I'll read the next few lines until when I feel like okay something hit again right yeah. and I'm like writing it down and this is how I should apply it in my life and um, and then I'll close my Bible again so it's not about uh, being legalistic about your, your yeah. Bible reading but making it come alive so that God can really speak to you through scripture and mm. he can really just you know sow into you what you need to hear in different seasons of your life yeah Amen, amen. That is so important and that is so good. And you know, Deborah, um, after reading your book, I know that the word legacy is something that you talk about a lot. So I would love to just hear from you. Uh, what does living a life of legacy mean to you? Okay, well, yes. Um, leading a life of legacy, really, uh, the idea of it started some 20 years ago. Uh, and if I could tell you a story, when I was about 18 years old, mm-hmm. um, I was uh, doing an internship in New York and it was my first time out of the country and my first time um, away from my family for, you know, and being independent kind of thing, right? And it was for an internship in uh, the ghettos of New York in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I arrived there, it was uh, the year that the Twin Towers actually fell. But as I arrived mm-hmm. there, the Twin Towers had not fallen yet in fact the week of my arrival I had spent a week with a a friend in New Jersey and she was my tour guide kind of thing so she brought me to different places uh, Battery Park uh, and then up to you know the World Trade Center I was doing the same like kind of like touristy things and taking photos and stuff like that and I remember you know kind of standing up on top of the uh, you know World Trade Center and uh, and um, yeah snapping lots of photos Uh, a week after that my internship had started and I was in a group of uh, in a group meeting and it was my first briefing. Lots of other interns from different parts of the country had come together. Mm-hmm. And just then somebody just barged into the room and, you know, asked us to switch on the TV. And right before my eyes in, in the TV set itself was this two towers. One of it was up in smokes. 
and we we couldn't believe it and just within seconds we ran up to you know the the open rooftop and uh, you know just a crowd of us were just standing there and watching the scene before our very eyes mm. um i saw the second plane go in to the second tower um right before my eyes and then within seconds literally two towers came crumbling down and there was just absolute silence for an 18 year old out of the country for the first time mm-hmm. and for something that crazy to happen it it was uh it was dramatic but it was also life changing on retrospect because i took time to kind of uh take it all in and to make sense of it and as i did as an 18 year old while going through that whole internship of a few months being there I had the time to kind of ask myself these questions as well. What did I learn from from that incident? You know, that incident that not just shocked the world, but obviously it was so close to to home for me. Um, it taught me three things really, and and what it re- what it is is that these three things encapsulate what I would be sharing as what I mean by a life of legacy. Mm-hmm. It taught me the brevity of life. Right, nobody knows this everybody kind of knows the start of your life right you um, nowadays with you know c-section babies can be born on a certain day Uh, if you go through a natural birth then it's a bit of a question mark but people kind of know the start of 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 life but nobody knows the end of life Mm. and life can be very very brief right in retrospect to you know uh to um to eternity while i saw a lot of death on that day um and it was incredibly harrowing I think what it did was as I was processing it it taught me to think about a lot about death right Um, Mm. it's like you know people's life can be just taken away like that but thinking about death actually is not a bad thing although many times it can be quite morbid right but what it did for me is that uh, whilst thinking about death, it really informed me about life. Like, what kind of life do I want to live um, in this very brief life on Earth? Right? What kind of uh, what kind of impact do I want to leave behind? Right? What kind of world do I want to be in and surround myself in, and the people that I want to be in? Um, so, really, the brevity of life is one. Uh, the first thing. The second thing is it it really taught me about the purpose of life. Right? Um, mm-hmm. All of us are given the breath of life and um, I think with that it is a huge privilege but it also comes with a huge responsibility so our existence actually on earth is really not about myself and me and I but really it's about a greater uh, purpose and a greater calling what is it right Mm. Um, and I think all of us have the responsibility to unpack it, right? So um, if, if I were to, you know, pass on today, would I have an impact on the people around me or, mm. the, or a greater circle around me? What is my purpose in life? Um, and, you know, beyond this kind of like self-made world, me, uh, my husband, my children, right? What are we meant to live for? I think that's that's a huge question that we should all ask ourselves. Whether we're a student uh, in college or you know, uh, or or a working adult or whatever, right? Um, beyond your life, beyond your paycheck, what is it that you're supposed to live for? Mm. And and really, it's about finding out that purpose in your life and growing in your purpose in life. Okay, so so the brevity of life, the purpose of life, and then finally, is really the gift of life, right? Mm. Um, if we really saw life as a gift, how differently would we actually live it, right? Um, would we make the same decisions that we would like right now? 
or would it be starkly different uh, that, you know, um, if you had X amount of time only to live, your decisions will be very, very different as well, right? So seeing it as a gift and constantly reminding yourself that, you know, you have breath because of something greater, you yeah. would make your decisions more intentionally, right? Um, so, so those are the three things um, that, that uh, kind of frames what legacy is for me. And what the framing does is that it gives me perspective. When I wake up every day, it gives me perspective to live my life. But I've also over time come up with uh, certain pillars that help me with my decision making so that I live a life that uh, is worth living and and. Hopefully, you know, it will be a legacy that will outlive me. And mm. these um, kind of pillars of decision uh, help me to kind of navigate tough, you know, tough um, choices in life like, sometimes, right? So every day, uh, I think if I could just quickly just share this uh, a few points, right? Living a life of legacy is not rocket science, but it requires clarity from, on our part to find out what really matters in life and yeah. how we want to live it. So for me, I think uh, those pillars include intentionality, right? Um, mm. How intentional am I uh, in making decisions? Uh, very, very small decisions. It, it, it's not even like big decisions, like what kind of career I want to get into or, you know, what, um, which, which life partner should I choose? Um, those are huge and super important decisions. What I'm saying is intentional, intentionality, even in the smallest decisions of, of life, for example, you know, um, what kind of friends do I want to hang around with? Mm. Uh, what kind of battles should I pick uh, to fight? Which ones are worth fighting for and which yeah. ones are just not worth fighting for, right? Um, how do I want to consume? Uh, what kind of media do I want to consume? And, um, and how do I want to consume it? I think those are very small, yeah. minute decisions that we make almost on a minute-to-minute yeah, ratio kind of thing, right? And how do I spend my hours? So if I have free time, what do I do with it, right? Um, so intentionality is very important. Um, without which, I think sometimes we can drift through life. Um, and yeah, we, and, and we don't want to do that. Lah. The second thing is uh, I, I've realized that a lot of choices that I make right now is hinged upon the fact that I want to be able to uh, build people up and, and the reason why is because the best legacies that we can leave behind once we are gone is in the people that we connect and touch uh, mm. on either on a day-to-day -day basis or whoever that comes into our path at different seasons of our life. So into those people because that would be like, you know, the, the best heritage that you can actually mm. pass on. Um, it's not in the dollars and cents uh, that you make because that will soon fade away. Uh, it's not the material stuff uh, at the end of the day because I think if all of us put in the hard work, we will be able to achieve some of those material stuff. But yeah. what we cannot be able to do is um, really just multiply people. And I think we need to be able to, uh, for, at least for me, uh, I have that intention to, uh, to sow into people because that's, yeah, that's the best kind of legacy. The, the third thing is this, um, I have chosen to pack light on this journey of life. And what I mean by that is that um, oftentimes we carry a lot of unnecessary weight. 
whether it is emotional weight or you know um, unresolved uh, stuff that we kind of drag along um, from the past and things like that it can also be like weight in terms of like material possessions right I need to have a bigger house uh, and your mind is like kind of fixated on it or you know uh, a bigger car or a larger page uh, paycheck or whatever it is like we kind of carry all this weight with us that when God calls us to obedience it takes almost impossibility for us to let go of those things and say mm. yes to God mm. um, so I, I've learned um over time that it's easier to pack light and to uh, really hold on to things that have eternal value mm-hmm. uh, really tightly but then things that don't have eternal value it, it's it's not worth kind of clinging on too much because then it will weigh us down right yeah. um, so pack light um, and and with that I think the expression of packing light is also I think when we hold on to material things or things that kind of weigh us down too tightly right it's very difficult for us to just give generously yeah. Uh, and give generously to the people around us uh, and whoever that you know God puts on our heart um, so really it's to live simply and 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 give generously know that we're always a conduit of of his blessings and whatever that comes into uh, our pockets really has to flow out whether it is knowledge or wisdom or resources or money right it always has to have an outlet and yeah. finally um, when keeping a legacy you know, we really only have that much of time on earth. Uh, keep the end in mind. And your mm. end is always eternity. Um, on, on hindsight, when we reach uh, heaven and when we are face to face with God, right? Eternity will look like a sea. And then, you know, life on earth is just like a drop in the water. How do we live our life on earth so that we are prepared to spend eternity with God? I think that is super important that mm. our life on earth is only a drop on the, uh, you know, in the ocean. Um, when, when you're leaving a legacy, leave something behind that uh, is meant for eternity, is meant for, uh, to glorify God and it has an eternal value in it. Yeah. Yeah, amen, amen. Those are such powerful words, Deborah. And I love how, um, even as we talked about, you know, in the previous episode, uh, about passion, about purpose, uh, about our jobs, and here now in this episode about, you know, uh, God's will and God's call in our lives. Um, it's about remembering that although like um, figuring out your job and your career is all very important questions that we need to ask, but we still need to remember as what you said, beyond your job, what are you living for? Uh, what are you sowing into? And what are you leaving behind? And as you have just shared, uh, some of the most precious thing that we can leave behind is what we are sowing into the people around us. And that is such an important reminder for us, I think, um, even as we go through this uh, quote-unquote red race that we're in, to really just step out sometimes and just figure out what am I what am I doing? How am I caring for the people around me? Uh, how am I sowing into the people that God has blessed me with? And sometimes, you know, to, to realize that there are more important things in life than just that one goal that you want to reach. Because sometimes when you reach that quote-unquote goal, you'll realize that, eh, now what? <laughs> you know? And yeah, it's so important to recognize that as what you said, our life on earth is really so short and it's really about 
knowing what really matters um, beyond our nine to five. And as we learn to do that, I think it really puts us in a position where we're able to hear God more clearly as well. Because when our heart is um, in alignment with wanting to do His will and so into work that would last for eternity, God would be very, very much eager to speak to us and very happy to give us direction as well. So Deborah, thank you so much uh, for spending today with me. I've learned so much just by listening to you and I've, I've you have opened up my mind to so many things as well. And I just pray that God will continue to bless the works uh, of your hands uh, in the world of sustainability as you transform communities or even impact the next generation, all while being a full-time mom to Seth and Anya as well. So Deb, uh, would you, uh, before we end this episode, could you just let us know where we can buy your books or uh, even to sign up to volunteer for our Wiki Impact? Yeah. Sure. Um, so with Live to Last, the book itself, just hop on to uh, com, and you can find out more about what the book actually is. You may even read like, you know, uh, certain excerpts or one or two chapters. And if you are keen to buy it, drop me an email. <laughs> um, yeah. You can also follow my podcast, which is here to last H E A R. Um, it's on Instagram, and um, yeah, I have uh, uh, several episodes there. Would love to kind of have you commenting on some of them. Um, and you know, I talk about uh, anything and everything that has uh, meaning in life. Um, so uh, my journey as a parent, lessons that I've learned, my journey as a uh, in the workspace as well, or dealing with relationships. Uh, is really personal, uh, but at the same time, I feel like that's that's the outlet that I sh- um, that God has given to me to kind of share whatever uh, lessons that I've learned, and hopefully it will be beneficial for you. And finally, for Wiki Impact, if you are interested to be in the space of change making in Malaysia, please hop on to www.wikiimpact.com, or you can also follow us on our Instagram page. Um, and you can find out more about the social issues that Malaysia is uh, currently facing. But at the same time, it's not just about unpacking the social issues in a humanized kind of way um, where there's data and facts, but it's really an opportunity for you to um, connect with various change makers, NGOs, organizations in Malaysia so that you can get in touch with them and you can also give of yourself, uh, share your talent and your skills and create a better and positive impact in Malaysia as well. Because I think if everybody really, you know, is serious about wanting to see Malaysia as a greater and a better nation, I think all of us have a part to play, big or small, in your unique way. So make an impact wherever you can. Um, Yeah, thank you so much, Deb. I've really enjoyed and appreciated this conversation with you. Um, And it is my joy to kind of share lessons learned. At the same time, I am constantly on that learning journey myself too. 
Amazing, amazing. And I sincerely enjoyed this conversation as well. So everyone, you have heard it. Um, all the links that she has just mentioned, I will add it in the description box below. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we have come to the final episode of the Pocket of Wisdom podcast this year. Uh, for those of you who have uh, journeyed with me since episode one, thank you so much. Your feedback and advice has really um, helped me to grow better. So I uh, like wise um for i really want to serve you better so um it would be really helpful if you could just leave me a comment or even just dm me um any feedback or um anything that you just like to share it will really help me to grow as well so remember everyone that you really do have a pocket of wisdom to offer wherever you're at whichever stage you're at in life so take care of yourselves and i will see you next year Hi!